Hello again, ladies and gentlemen. Ghost Nobody here, ready to bring you Chapter 31 of Radiance, my Fallout fan fiction. Do hope you've been enjoying the trip, as always, across this wild and wacky world of Fallout that I've been creating. And I do hope you'll continue to come along with me as we walk through it. And uh, hopefully you can like, subscribe, leave me feedback wherever you can, either at fanfiction.net, archiveofourown.org, or even at my own website, ghostnobody.com. It always warms my heart to read what you guys have been thinking about the story, and for any ideas you've got for it. And of course you're always welcome to come along to my own Discord, the links you can find littered throughout my stories, and you know, join in the fun. Have a chat with the guys there. There's a good bunch of uh, crazy Xeno-loving people there. So, without further ado, let's get on with the show, shall we? Oh, and the usual legal disclaimer. I don't own Fallout, bugs, glitches, game-breaking computer errors. I'll leave all that shit to Bethesda. I just take the crazy tales. Let's get on with the show. Chapter 31. Sky High. Seven Wisp Visa Runs and Riss. All stood around, looking at the creature that had burst from the basement. It was obvious by the mixture of expressions written across their faces, that none of them had ever seen anything like it before. The creature looked to be a curious blend of human, and possibly what looked like spider, with the top half of his body appeared to be human, well, for the most part, anyway, though he did appear to have a set of furry feeler-like mandibles attached to the sides of his face along his cheeks, right next to a slightly wider-than-normal mouth. He also appeared to have six very black eyes spread out around his head, two of which were planted right on the front where a normal human's eyes would be, and they were utterly huge. And uh, it kind of gave him a sort of permanently surprised-slash-amazed expression. kind of reminded Seven of the little jumping spiders that used to get into his room aboard the airship. The boys set up their homes near the air ducts. He never did quite figure out how those things kept getting in. The skin of the human part of his body was as white as snow, so white, in fact, that it could probably be pretty much considered albino. This also included his hair, which appeared to be long, and also looked like it had been tied back behind his head in a ponytail style, using what appeared to be spun silk, looking like a hair tie. But it was the lower half of his body that really caught everyone's eye. He had a large thorax section with eight large furry legs that were attached to the centre point. And there weren't human legs either, but full-on spider legs, complete with yellow and black fur that swirled around them, kind of like that of a tarantula. Fur that also covered the large abdomen that stuck out behind him, and slightly bulbous in shape, with two little web spinnerets that were currently wiggling along like crazy, along with the legs, as he tried to right himself off his back. He was like a centaur, but instead of a horse, his lower half was a spider, Seven had never seen or even imagined anything like it, and the surprisingly young-looking creature that was currently flat on his back, wiggling his long furry legs in the air as he rocked from side to side, trying to right himself. Seven stepped forwards. Visa, hand please, he said, and the big claw girl snapped out of her shock and confusion and nodded before stepping forwards, and with each of them on either side, they grabbed a leg or an arm, and they flipped the spider boy over, so he was now laid flat on his belly with his legs splayed out. Thank you, the boy said in a shaky sounding voice, as he hoisted himself up onto his eight feet, with his eight legs slightly wobbly, and Seven could see they were threatening to fail him, so he stepped forward and gripped under his armpit on his left, and Visa copied him on the right. 
Whoa, easy there, big fella. Take some deep breaths. Looks like that heat and probably the smoke got you a bit in there. Seven said, noticing for the first time that a lot of the hair on the back half of the side boy's abdomen looked like it would have been singed as it was crispy and curled up and there was that throat-invading fragrance of burnt hair washing off him. I, I, I thought I was going to die. I was so scared. I really thought I was going to be burned alive in there. Thank you for saving me, the boy said in a very soft and nervous-sounding voice. No problems. And for what it's worth, I'm sorry our fight burned your hoping down. It wasn't our intention to cause you any pain or problems. We simply didn't even know you were in there, Seven said, looking at the burning courthouse. The spider boy shook his head. Nobody knew I was in there. That was the whole point. I was hiding from the bad humans. They chased me away from their place by shooting those gun things at me. I should have listened to my mom. She always said humans would never accept me, that they would hate me because of how I look. I tried my best, I really did. I just wanted to be friends. I even offered to help them with the radbroaches that were plaguing their town, but they just shot at me and chased me away. Now I can't even go home, because they figured out where I'd come from and they sealed up the caverns when they realised where it was. The spider said in a choked up sounding voice. Though Seven wasn't quite sure if it was emotion or the smoke inhalation get into him. Suddenly Riss stepped forward and looked him right in the wide amazed eyes. I know this pain too, young one. It happened to me too. Bad humans hurt me, experimented on me, did horrible things to me. For a very long time I hated all humans. But meeting these people here made me realise that not all humans are bad. Some are good and some are beautiful, she said, stroking the side of Runs's face with her hand while she coiled her tail possessively around him and pulled him close. For the first time the spider boy lifted his head properly and Seven got his first proper look at the boy's face. He looked to be about 18 to 20 years old by human standards. And he wasn't exactly an ugly kid either. What's your name, kid? Seven said and the spider boy looked right at him. Malachi. Malachi Yellowleg, he said. And Seven suddenly noticed that he did indeed have a single yellow leg out of the eight. Seven which were black as the night itself. Well, I for one am very glad to make your acquaintance, Malachi Yellowleg. My name is Seven. This utterly ravishing specimen of claw femininity right here is Visa. The happy red-skinned human one step away from being stealthed off into a bush that isn't on fire somewhere is runs with night stalkers. And the big night stalker girl who's living up to that name for him, who is about to stealth him away into said bush, is Riss. Oh, and the sparkly cloud girl living in my head is Wisp, Seven said. Malachi looked at them one at a time, obviously trying to put his best smiling face with his mandibles drawn up. Then when Seven mentioned Wisp, he looked confused. Sparkly cloud girl that lives in your head? he asked in confusion. And at that, Wisp literally poured out of Seven's nose and ears, before reforming into a sparking gold cloud right in front of the startled-looking Spider-Boy, who backed himself right up in fright. Oh, don't worry, she's harmless. Well, unless you piss her off, then she's deadly, 
Seven said with a friendly grin, as Wisp morphed into herself into a floating thumbs up right in front of the utterly now curious spider boy. Malachi looked utterly amazed, and he reached out to touch the sparkling cloud floating around him. Wisp moved and then shot all around him, circling him rapidly to the point where the spider boy couldn't keep up, and he began dancing on the spot, somewhat looking like a jumping spider learning to tap dance. Before you ask, she's a human just like me. We're just a little different from your garden variety humans. Something I'm guessing we share in common, given the look of you, Seven said as Wisp shot back into his head so she could communicate using Seven's words if need be. Malachi nodded his head. Every Arachnachai knows that story. It's the founding story. We're all taught as hatchlings, he said in a proud-sounding voice. Arachnachai? Visa asked, confused, and Malachi nodded his head. It's what my people call ourselves, he explained. Suddenly there was a loud crash to the left, and port of the courthouse wall came tumbling down along with a shower of sparks and embers, not to mention a huge puff of flames that went skyward like an angry dragon was trapped inside the basement. Okay, story time later, running the fuck away from Burning Town now, Seven said, and Malachi looked suddenly very lost and all alone. Where shall I go now? he asked, looking around himself nervously. Well, I know you don't know us, but you're more than welcome to tag along with us if you want, Seven said, and Malachi looked utterly amazed by this offer. Maybe it was just his huge jumping spider-like eyes. It's kind of hard to tell. Really? You take me with you? Even though I look like this? he exclaimed, as if not truly believing his ears. Seven stepped forward and placed a hand on Malachi's bare, slender shoulder. I'm a human who loves a claw. That's a human who loves a night stalker. There are two other members of our group you yet to meet. A human boy called Gregory, who loves a claw boy called Ven. Out of anyone on this crazy-ass planet who could have pulled your eight-legged arse out of that burning basement, you got pulled out by probably the only group who don't give two single shits about the way you look, Malachi. Question is, would you like to come with us? If you wish to go your own way and make your own uh, bed, then we'll simply wish you well and let you be. The choice is, it's yours, but I suggest you make it quickly, before this whole world of burning shit comes right down on top of our heads, Seven said. Malachi looked back towards the edge of the burning town, and then back at the very mismatched group stood around him, and then again he turned to look Seven right in the eye. Take me with you, please? he said, and Seven nodded. The group and their new potential friend legged it across the burning town and right between the burning buildings. The whole place was utterly coming round down around them as they ran, on the mace case of Malachi, scuttled along. They reached the grounded vertebrate where Ven was trying his hardest to cuddle and distract Gregory to death while he was trying his hardest to look over the controls and figure the thing out, the small pre-war flying craft. They both looked up as Seven as the others quickly approached the, with the building starting to collapse all around them, sending huge plumes of smoke and ash, not to mention flames skywards. Holy shit, Seven, you really know how to throw a fucking party, I'll say that. Talk about bringing the house down. Hey, who the hell is this? Ven exclaimed, turning to look at Malachi in surprise, as the Arachnachai boy scuttled up to the side of the verdict bird, panting heavily as he did. This is Malachi Yellowleg. He's an arachnachai, and we found him trapped in the basement of the burning courthouse, after number four lit it up like a fucking torch, Seven said. 
Ven hopped down with a heavy thud that betrayed the heavy weight that his frame carried, made him, given that he was made entirely of solid muscle, and rather cute scales, as Gregory would have said. He walked right up to the surprised-looking spider-boy and circled him, which caused Malachi to use his eight legs to turn on the spot to face him, like a tank using its tracks to turn, which made Zevon smile. Ven laughed happily at this and tried to outpace the surprisingly quick spider-boy by trying to get around him before he could turn to face him. But not to be outdone, Malachi seemed to be enjoying the playful exchange with a potential new friend, and he put on a burst of surprising speed, and not only turned fully on the spot, but jumped right upwards and only to land directly behind Ven. And when the big claw boy spun around to try and catch him in his sights again, Malachi did it again. Only this time he landed on top of the vertebrate and hung off the side of it, like his feet were glued to the metal. The big claw boy looked up at the spider boy as he hung motionless from the side of the vertebrate, with his legs splayed out to the sides to spread his weight and maintain his grip. Then a wide grin broke out on Ven's face, displaying his wicked and dangerous fangs. Oh, I like him. He's fun, Ven said. And that's when Gregory poked his head out and found himself stuck in between the spider boy's widespread legs, where he poked his head through one of the gaps to look out. Holy shit, now that's a big spider, he exclaimed, looking up as Malachi looked down and saw the human boy peering up from between his legs before deftly leaping down and landing gracefully on the ground next to Ven. Gregory, Malachi, Malachi, Gregory. Gregory is our master engineer and fixer of things great and small and all-around machine genius, not to mention stealer of claw boys' hearts, Seven said, jetting between the pair. Mm, you got that last part right, Seven, Ven said, finally seeing an opportunity to pester his human boy before gripping the front of his suit before he could escape back into the cockpit and pulling him right out the side of the vertebrate and into a deep interspecies kiss. Um, don't take this the wrong way, but how come you two can talk? I mean, I've seen your kind before, but I've never seen one that can speak. When I first rolled over and saw you, Visa, I thought you were gonna, I was going to have a heart attack. But it was only when I saw Seven there and I heard you speak, I realised you weren't going to hurt me. Malachi said, turning on the spot to look between the two claws, one of which was still snogging his human's face off. We're what humans refer to as evolved genus of claw. In reality, other than the higher brain functions allowing us to master language, we're not really all that different from our last less talkative brethren, Visa said, wrapping her arms around Seven from behind and pulling him against her. And the pair of you are a couple? Malachi asked in a surprised gesture between the pair of them and Seven nodded proudly. Yep, this big hunk of sexy scales with the cutest tail on earth here is all mine, he said proudly making Visa growl and swish said tail. Just like this super cute slice of sex on human legs right here belongs to me, so hands and legs off, spider boy, Ven said with a playful grin gesturing at Gregory. Malachi raised his hands and waved them around like he was surrendering, or trying to placicate the big claw. Oh, don't worry, you have nothing to worry about from me. I only like girls. Not that I've actually seen an arachni girl in rather a long time, he said, sounding sad. Seven felt wisp stir in his head. Ask him what happened, she said so softly. So Seven did. Well, um, 
It's kind of a long, boring story, he said, rubbing his hand behind his head and ruffling his white silver hair. Well, I'd like to hear it, Malachi. Hey, I'll tell you what, why don't we trade? We can tell you our stories, and you can tell us yours, Seven said, and this seemed to perk the spider boy up immensely. Seemed the promise of an interesting story really got him going, so he nodded his agreement. Okay, so why don't we save it for when we're in the air? Sitting around here is going to draw either more enclave or motherfucking vultures to us, Gregory said, and everyone looked at him in shock. In the air? As in flight? You mean to tell me you can actually fly this poxy thing? Seven said, exclaiming at the actual vertebrate, and Gregory gave him a grin. Oh, this thing? It's easy. Hell, a fucking child could fly one of these with zero training. They were made super easy because of the high turnover rate of pilots back in the war. So many of them kept getting shot down that the Air Force just couldn't keep up with the demand of new pilots needed. So they got engineers to fix the problem. So they did. For the most part, the computer flies it. The pilot simply steers it and controls the height and speed. Plus, this girl has a full tank of fuel, so it'd be stupid to waste it. And can you think of some better way to put some serious fucking distance between all them animals fucking hunting us? Gregory said. Dad got a lot of head shakes and shrugs all round. Well then, let's do it, shall we? Gregory said, and Seven turned to Malachi. Well, this is it. Choice time, spider boy. We are most likely never going to return to here, Malachi. So if you have family here, you most likely never see them again. If you come with us. So now you need to make a choice. Take my hand and step into the unknown. Or turn around and head for home. Seven said, holding his hand out to the curious looking spider boy. Who blinked all six eyes of his same time at him. And he looked at Seven's outstretched hand for sucking up a large, deep breath to obviously steal his nerves. There's nothing left for me here, and I want to see the world. But are you sure about this? I mean, I've never flown before. Hell, I didn't even know those things could fly. I never would have actually believed it possible. So, are you sure it's safe? He said, taking Seven's hand. That's a spirit, and yeah, I'm sure... Don't you worry, Malachi, you're in good hands with us. That guy's the smartest human I know, who isn't evil anyway. And trust me, if I say he can figure it out, he can figure it out. Seven said, feeling wisp, doing a little odd sort of celebration dance in his head. Oh, and sorry about this in advance, Visa. I'm pretty sure you're pleased with Seven's new attire. But there's kind of a new toy in the back for you, Seven. And don't worry, I took the liberty of doing a comp dump for all the remnants of yours. You'd be surprised how easy it is to clone the safeguards on those damn things. If you know how. So now it's yours, and only yours. Call it compensation for them fucking up your old one, Gregory said, before escaping Ven's grip and vanishing back into the cockpit. Seven raised an eyebrow and peered into the crew bay of the vertebrate, where he instantly clocked something and made his face crack into a super wide smile. Not to mention make Visa groan and run her claws down her face. Fucking goddamn tin suits, she snarled as Seven jumped up and rushed up to the mint condition suit of X01 Enclave issue power armour that stood in a dock at the back, looking like he was about to hug the thing. Hell yes! Upgrades, people! Fucking upgrades! Seven said, running his hands over the metal chest. Five minutes later, Seven was now registered his new suit. 
which, thanks to Gregory work, was locked to his DNA just like the others were, and he was sat on the bench with Rita scowling at the new tin suit that once again hid all of her human prettiness from her eyes. The others were all sat around the cabin. Well, all except for Malachi, who, due to his odd-shaped frame, was actually sat with his legs crunched up underneath him, looking like a spider-shaped loaf of bread, kind of in the same way that cats do when they tend to lie on the floor. Pressed down, legs bunched up underneath him, all in the middle. The outer doors of the vertebrate were now shut, and each of them was wearing a headset so they could talk, which looked utterly adorable and hilarious on both the claws and on Riss, especially as Riss kept flicking her tongue at the microphone all the time. The engines powered up as Gregory began flipping switches, and a loud whining noise began to come from all around them. He turned round and looked at them. Okay, people, hold on to your tails, arses, furry abdomens, or whatever the hell else you got to hold on to. We are out of here, Gregory yelled into the comms, and with that, he began to manipulate the controls. Their ascent was a little shaky at first, causing them to spin around and weave and making a bit everyone in the cab look a bit somewhat alarmed. Hell, Malachi looked like he was one step away from starting to knit parachutes. But Gregory quickly found his feet and they began to climb into the smoke-filled air. Hey, Gregory, do you think this thing has a tracking beacon? Seven asked into his headset. Oh, most certainly. Not that it's going to do him any good, Gregory said with a sly note in his voice. Oh? Seven asked curiously. Figured if we were going to steal this thing, which is a very good likelihood, then they were going to be able to track us right to where we went. So I may have just tweaked the GPS unit somewhat, so that it kind of gives a false signal. Basically, it's going to report our signal as about 300 miles north of wherever the fuck we are, Gregory said, which made Seven laugh. Nice work, Gregory. You never fail to impress me, man. Seven said, grinning at the back of the young man's in the pilot seat's head. Nor me, Ren said proudly, grazing at the young human piloting the craft. Thanks, guys. I just hope it works. Right then, strap in. It's going to be a long flight, Gregory replied. Seven turned to the rather nervous-looking Malachi. So then, where were we? Ah, yes, your story. Okay, so we'll tell you ours? And then you can tell us yours. How about that? He said, and the young Arachnakai male nodded eagerly. So Seven, with the help of the others, launched into their tale so far, starting with what he and Whispered suffered at the hands of the Enclave, with Visa and Ven doing the same for their side of the tale. The spider boy was on the edge of his seat as Seven told the tale. Well, legs anyway, as he didn't exactly have a seat. When he was finished... The young Arachnakai male looked utterly amazed, though again that could have been those two big huge eyes of his. That all sounds so utterly incredible. You can move things with your mind simply by thinking about it? Malachi exclaimed, looking at Seven, who lifted up her hand, and Malachi exclaimed as he felt two very human-feeling hands run over his slender bare shoulders. He then turned just in time to see one of the fire extinguishers float off its hook and do a circle of the cabin before landing back where it started. Yep. Comes with a heavy price, though. Every single time I use it, it hurts. Something bloody fierce. Trying to build up a tolerance to it, much in the same way you make a muscle stronger by using it over and over again. But it's slow going, Seven said. That's incredible. 
I actually felt like I had hands on me for a moment then, Malachi exclaimed, looking at Seven in awe. Next to them, Visa growled jealously. It was obvious she wanted to be touched, and Seven leaned over and put his newly power-suited arm around his big jealous claw girl and pulled her a little closer. My male can do incredible things with invisible hands of his, she purred knowingly, all while Wisp made a gagging and retching noises inside his head. Wow, you guys have come so far and seen so much in such a short space of time, Malachi exclaimed and Seven smiled at him. Now your turn, Malachi. Tell us your tale. Like, for instance, how did your people come to be? I've never seen anyone like you before, and both Amai and our sister have travelled around a lot, Ben said, gesturing to himself and to his sister. Well, there's not much to tell, really. I'm an arachnikai, as I explained. We live underground in a vast cave network, quite a few miles from here, towards the place humans refer to as the Rockies. We came from a mutation that happened at the end of the war. There was a group of humans that knew the war was coming, so they built a bunker in the cave network. And they took all of their pets down there with them as well, so they'd be safe. Whether one of those humans kept spiders, more specifically tarantulas. Well, it turned out quite a few of those spiders were pregnant and setting up their egg sacs when the bombs fell off. The radiation not only managed to breach the bunker, as they hadn't built it deep enough, but also got into the groundwater that supplied the bunker. The humans got sick, and so did the spiders and the other animals. But the baby spiders still in their eggs were safe. In fact, because they were still in their embryotic stage, the radiation changed them. When they emerged into their new world, everyone and everything around them was dead including their mothers. Now you'd think this would be the end for the little baby spiders trapped in a glass box, simply waiting to die of starvation, or maybe dehydration. But no, the human that had brought his spiders down here knew he was dying, and when he'd seen all of his beloved spiders die, he somehow knew the eggs were still alive. So on one last act of kindness, he opened all the cages, containing the eggs, so when the spiderlings emerged... They were able to escape the prison. Now the little baby spiders didn't know anything of kindness yet. They didn't know what sacrifice were. They were just baby spiders with no real understanding of the world all around them. They just knew they were hungry and needed to eat, and thirsty so they needed a drink. So they did the only thing they could. They drank the contaminated water and ate the contaminated dead humans, Malachi said as the others listened in stunned silence. Mutation? Seven asked and Malachi nodded. The radiation had done something to them in their embryotic stage. When they consumed more rads from both the water and the dead humans, it caused some sort of chain reaction to happen. None of us really know how it happened, but from something from ingesting the rad-soaked human meat, the spiderlings began to absorb the DNA of the humans, and it began to fuse with their own. It took five generations for everything to really take hold. But every generation was far larger and they began to morph, spider and human DNA meshing together to form a union that gave birth to us. Now there's a whole civilization of us living down there. We learned everything we could from the journals of the man who brought us down there, and they became like holy texts to us. To us he was the father of our people, as the mother spiders who carried their eggs there with them were the mothers. Ten different genus of spider but only one human that started it all. They're like the parents of my race, Malachi said somewhat proudly.
Wow, the power of radiation never really ceases to amaze me. It takes what nature's created and just changes it somehow. However it pleases, really. Sometimes for the worse. Just look at the fucking nightmares we got roaming around all over here and out there. But then sometimes, sometimes it just gets it right. Like a blind artist throwing paint at a canvas and accidentally creating the Mona Lisa, Gregory said. What's the Mona Lisa? Van asked curiously. Famous painting by an artist from hundreds of years ago. Stored in place called France in a museum called the Louvre. Maybe one day I'll figure out a way to take you there and see it. Well, if it's still there, of course, Gregory said, sounding both happy and sad at the same time. Malachi nodded in agreement. We thought the same thing. The chances were astronomical, but yet it happened. From those unknowing baby spiders were just acting on being hungry and eating the man who in his last act of kindness towards the innocent spiders, used his final breath to free them and gave them a chance. And a whole race of people can ever came to be if it wasn't for him. A very unique set of circumstances. The other humans played a part, of course, as the spiders fed on them too. So their DNA was also meshed into the mix. But if it were not for this singular man, none of us would be here. So we give our thanks to him, Malachi said, sounding proud this time. So that's the how. Now the why. You guys have a great civilization down there. How come no one's ever heard of it? And how come you're up here? Seven asked curiously. Oh, we've tried to make contact before. We don't hate humans, far from it. We like hating a part of ourselves. Ironically, we're as much human as we are spider now. Literally half and half. But that insight also lets us could be cautious, and we've seen firsthand not only what power humans have to destroy one another, but anything that does not fit their ideals. So we've decided to keep to ourselves. We became reclusive, choosing to protect ourselves and what's ours. Any wander down into the caves are captured and held to is determined whether they could be an ally or a threat. Any allies will be released, so they may do things like trade with us and aid us. Enemies? Well, they never see the light of day again. There are so many of the more of the latter than the former, Malachi said with a genuine note of sadness in his voice. But you're up here now. How did that happen? Seven asked, and the young Arachnakai male looked up at him with his rather huge expressive black eyes. Because I wanted to see the world. All of it. Not just my little dark corner of it. I read every book I could find. Watched every hollow vid we had. It filled me with wonder. Wonder of what this world truly is. I genuinely believe that my kind and normal humans can coexist peacefully and happily together if we simply learn to understand one another. The traders that come to us and bring us foods and materials we can't get ourselves and we trade them clothes from made from the finest spun spider silks that they can't get anywhere else are proof of this. Hell on your travel, we might have well, very well seen arachnakai goods and never even known it. I wanted so very badly to prove this to everyone. So I packed up all of my things and I took the plunge. I sneaked out and ran away to the surface to make my own way in the world. Didn't exactly go as I planned it to, Malachi said sadly, hanging his head as he did. What happened? Beezer asked. Well, until I met you guys, I haven't met any good humans, really. Everyone I met either ran away from me, or chased me away, or even tried to hurt me. 
I never wanted to hurt anyone. I just wanted to show them I was a good person, and that because I looked different, that didn't mean I was scary or bad. But none of them even gave me the chance. Every time I approached a person or a town, they just chased me away, or tried to hurt me, calling me things like monster or freak. It really hurt my feelings. I spent so many tears on them. Then somehow they figured out where the main entrance to our territory was, and a load of them got together from neighbouring towns, and they sealed it with explosives, causing a cave-in, so now I couldn't even go home even if I wanted to, because the other entrance is miles away on the far side of the Rocky Mountains, Malachi said with a very real sadness and pain radiating from his voice. Utter fucking bastards. That poor boy did nothing wrong. He just wanted a friend. Wisp snarled in Seven's head. Seven patted V's shoulder and she glanced down at him. And he nodded as she understood what he was going to do. Seven stood up and moved over to squat down before the young Arachnikai man. He reached out and placed both of his real hands on the young man's shoulders as he looked up at him. I'm so sorry that happened to you, Malachi. I know it would be really easy for you to hate humans at this point, and nobody could blame you, really. But I want you to realise that you were right. There are good people out there, and good humans out there too. I like to think that we here right now are good people. Not just good humans, but good people. I mean, look at us. You have two claw-loving humans, one night stalker-loving human, and a cloud girl. And we're all proud to be different. We're proud of who we are. Look at this utterly gorgeous slab of pure claw beauty and feminine beauty right next to me. When I look at her, my heart beats like a jackhammer in my chest. And the fact that she looks at me in the same way makes me prouder than anything else. Because as strange as it sounds, I managed to lure her away from her own kind and into my arms, Seven said, hearing a deep throaty growl from behind him. And nothing makes me prouder than to have been lured away by this exquisite slice of sweet human meat, because he has opened my eyes to how beautiful the world can really be, Visa said, running her huge clawed hands over his sloped metal-covered shoulders. Malachi looked at them in amazement. If you'll forgive the question, um, how does it even work between you? I mean, can you, uh, um, Malachi began, and becoming increasingly flustered embarrassment as his embarrassment overpowered his curiosity, and Seven practically felt Visa smiling over his shoulder. Mate? she asked, and Malachi nodded silently in embarrassment. Oh, trust me, we are very, very compatible. And this beautiful human here has shown me things that I never even dared to dream of in my deepest, most intimate dreams. He loves me like no other ever has. And he's shown me the true depth of a human heart and what's really possible with it. For me, Seven and those like him are what we consider to be true humans. The others, like the ones who hurt us, and the ones who hurt you, are simply chaff. They are just jealous of the life they could have if they simply stopped being utter bigoted idiots and simply opened their minds to what the world really is and what it can really be. Seven is also a survivor of this cruelty of the humanity. Now we are running from the people who would take all that away from us and turn him into a weapon to serve their power hunger, while all of us looking for others just like us, 
so we can help them just to make a better world one life at a time, Visa said proudly. Malachi looked utterly amazed at all this. That's when he broke down and instantly started crying. Thank you. Oh, thank you, great Adam, father of all Arachnakai. I knew I was right. I knew in my heart that they were good humans like you out there, because they are part of us, as you are part of us. I knew that if someone could do what you did to give us a chance at life, even in your final breath, that good humans must exist, and all I needed to do was find them. But instead they found me. Thank you, great Adam, and thank you, Seven, and all of you, not only for saving me from certain death, but for being everything I'd ever hoped I'd find. He said, clasping his hands together with tears streaming down his face from his six eyes. Seven actually felt his heart both melt and burn at the same time. He was so utterly happy that he was ever really even doing anything at all, that he'd actually touched this young hopeful life in the best possible way. It was just a pity he wouldn't be able to spread this happiness he'd found back to his people. But maybe, just maybe, they could have bring his joy to the whole world instead. That's when Seven actually noticed that Malachi was basically naked. Aren't you cold, Malachi? Seven asked, gesturing to his nakedness, and the young spider-boy looked down at himself, as if he'd first realised for the first time that he had no clothes on. Oh shit! I hardly forgot my shirt got burned! He exclaimed, trying to cover his chest by hugging himself with his arms. Seven held up a finger and reached into his bag. He'd recovered just before they'd reached the bird bird. He reached in and pulled out one of the spare shirts out of it and handed it to Malachi. The young spider-boy looked at it in amazement and took it. Thank you, Seven, said putting the shirt on, and it instantly drowned him, as Seven was a fair bit larger in the upper body than he was. Then to all of their fascination, Malachi leaned back and began pulling silken threads from his spinnerets, which he then began to weave together into threads between his fingers, which he then used to bind the clothes up so they were tight on him looking like it had gone into the traditional Japanese style of a kimono. Thank you, Seven, he said, smiling at him, and Seven nodded. Don't sweat it, Malachi. Least I can do if we cost you your home and nearly got you killed, Seven said, watching him in fascination as he bound the clothes up. It was worth it, because now I have a new life, and I'm so ready for my adventure, and I'm so glad it's you guys I get to take me on it, he said, and Seven grinned. This young spider-boy's happiness was utterly infectious. Seven only hoped that they could live up to his ideals and could show him the life he'd always prayed for. Now, though, all he had to do was figure out where that was going to be. Oh, and that was it, ladies and gentlemen. Chapter 31 of Radiance is complete. And you finally met Malachi, the half-human, half-spider-boy, who's now going to be joining Seven and Gang on the trip. But uh, will the Enclave leave them alone? Will Gregory's GPS trick work? Will number two find them? You're going to have to tune in next time to find out. So until next time, this is Ghost Nobody signing off and saying, I'll see you next time.